Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Well, I wanted to say that um, today's message might seem a little bit heavy, but I hope that it is ultimately encouraging and challenging. So I hope that it's both of those things, that you're encouraged and you're challenged. See, over recent weeks, I've been thinking a lot about the return of Jesus and how ready am I for that to happen. Anyone else? Yeah, okay, good. See, Roxy and I listened to a sermon about the rapture of the church before the second coming of Christ. It was by Dr. David Jeremiah. And Jesus is coming back for his church before coming again as the King of kings and Lord of lords. While he was alive on earth, Jesus talked a lot about his second coming. And he often referred to it in stories or parables that he told. He told these to his followers and also to the crowds who would come to listen to him. And this morning, we're going to look at one of those parables, and Mozart's already read it to us. Um, with these parables, Jesus told them to hide spiritual truths for his listeners to expect the unexpected. And that's been up the whole time, so you've seen that the whole time, haven't you? The crowd listening, and for that reason, the disciples as well, they would often miss the truth of what Jesus was speaking about. Because Jesus would speak to them about a situation or a way of life that they were familiar with. And then he would turn the story on its head and he would shock them with a surprise ending. This made his audience uncomfortable and often angry as well. For us today, reading these parables in our 21st century, our culture and way of life is completely different to Jesus' original audience. So some of the circumstances that he talks about and some of the shock value, the unexpected, can fall on somewhat deaf ears for us. However, the principles, there we go, there's a shock value right there. <laughs> the principles that Jesus is referring to are and always will be relevant to our lives today and living in God's kingdom. And so these parables have the power to challenge us, to convict us, to encourage us, and ultimately change us and the way that we live. 
Today's parable on the surface is a seemingly straightforward story that Jesus is telling about a wedding, some bridesmaids, and a delayed bridegroom. Half of the bridesmaids make it into the wedding feast, and half of them do not. But once we start to unpack this, we see a warning for the way that we are living our lives today that has massive significance for us and what it means to live prepared already. So as we listen to Scripture together and as we go through this parable, the central question I want us to be asking is this. How prepared are we for the return of Jesus? How ready are we? The story goes that a Sunday school teacher asked her kids, who is ready for Jesus to come back and for us to go to heaven? Everybody shot up their hand except for one little boy. The teacher said to him, aren't you ready for Jesus to come back and for us to go to heaven? To which he replied, yes, miss, but I thought you were meaning right now. (laughs) I wonder if some of us are living with that kind of attitude. We're ready for Jesus to come back, but it's got to be on our terms. So let me ask you now, who is ready for Jesus to come back and for us to go to heaven? Yeah, I expected some hands to go up, so that's good. Friends, let's pray before we read and go through this parable together. Father God, would you open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you, and open our hearts to respond to you. Show us what it means to live prepared and ready for the coming of your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus begins his parable by saying this, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. This was a fairly common practice back in those days. When it came to weddings in Jewish culture, there were three parts to them. The first was the engagement. This was like a formal settlement made by the respective fathers of the bride, and the bridegroom. Then the second was the betrothal. This was a ceremony held in the bride's parents' house when mutual promises were made by the bride and the bridegroom before witnesses, and presents were given by the bridegroom to his bride. But in this process, even though the man and woman were bound to each other, they are not yet actually husband and wife. This happened in the third part, which is quite rightfully called the marriage. This was when the bridegroom and his friends would go and collect the bride from her father's house, followed by a procession, a party through the streets after nightfall, and that would go to his home where the feast and the party would continue. Now the ten bridesmaids have been assisting the bride, and they expect to meet the bridegroom as he comes from the bride's house. And everyone in the procession was expected to carry his, sorry, her or her own torch. And that was really, really important. So it's in this third part of the wedding where Jesus' parable takes place. The ten bridesmaids are going out to meet the bridegroom and accompany him back to the feast at his place. Now, on the surface, the ten bridesmaids are quite alike in many ways. They each have lamps. They each intend to meet the bridegroom soon and escort him to the feast. And they are each looking forward to taking part in the marriage feast. But there's one vital difference that makes one of the group foolish, and the other group wise. In verses 3 and 4, we read this. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. See, one group didn't have enough oil, while one group had extra oil. 
One group was unprepared, one group was prepared. Now, I'm looking at both sides, but I'm not actually saying you're prepared and you're unprepared, okay? I'm just looking. During the procession and accompanying the bridegroom to his house, it was expected that the bridesmaid's lamp shone brightly and strongly the whole time, and that meant making sure each bridesmaid had enough oil. This was one of their main tasks as bridesmaids. Each of the ten bridesmaids would have known that. So the foolish ones, not taking enough oil, were not prepared, whereas the wise ones who took extra oil were prepared and ready. That's the picture that we have here. And the bridegroom is not on their time. They are to watch and prepare for him. But he's taking his time. And verse 5 says, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, it's important to note here that there is no judgment from Jesus' words. He's simply saying that in the time the bridegroom was delayed, they all fell asleep. The excitement of dressing up for the wedding, taking their lamps, making the trip to the bride's home, now waiting for the bridegroom to return, expecting him at any time, this had been exhausting for all of them. So it's completely natural and normal that they fell asleep. But at midnight, the announcement comes, look, the bridegroom is coming, he's here. Come out and meet him. All ten hear this announcement. All ten wake up, and all ten start to prepare their lamps and get ready for the moment when they are going to see the bridegroom face to face. They need to soak their lamps with oil to get them burning. See, a lamp well soaked with oil would burn brightly for quite a while, but one with little or no oil would flicker for a second, and then it would go out completely. And no oil meant no light for the procession, which was a disaster. And this is exactly the situation that the five foolish bridesmaids find themselves in. See, they realize that they are in trouble here. And they quickly ask the five wise people, come on, give us some of your oil. We don't have enough for us. But the five wise bridesmaids reply, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. The five wise bridesmaids realize that once they go out and meet the, meet the bridegroom, they also have to escort him back to the house with their lamps burning brightly all the time, which meant that they needed to make sure that they had enough oil. And even though it can seem harsh to us, our 21st century heirs, that they wouldn't lend their oil to those who didn't have enough, the simple truth is that there was not enough oil in their lamps for the other five. So they suggest that they look for a store to go and buy their own oil. Back then, there would have been some late-night places to buy oil, but what a hassle, an unknown situation that would have been. This showed their unpreparedness and their desperation, both not ideal traits for being a bridesmaid. The five wise bridesmaids showed the same careful planning and preparation as well here. They had filled their lamps with oil, and they were ready for the bridegroom to come. But they couldn't prepare for the other five to be ready. That was up to each of them. So, the five foolish bridesmaids set out on a desperate journey searching for oil. And then in verse 10, we see the devastating result of their lack of preparedness. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The bridesmaids who went in with him to the wedding banquet, they were ready. And the door was shut. The five foolish bridesmaids have missed out. The door is shut. There is no opening it. 
Sometime later, they return. They're hopeful. Sir, sir, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. We're here. We've made it. We've showed up. Open up, please. We have oil now. But he calls back, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Yeah, those are strong words, aren't they? That alone should make us sit up and pay attention to what Jesus is saying here. Because this is devastating for the five bridesmaids. They had been expecting the whole time to be on center stage with their lamps in the procession. They had been longing to accompany the bridegroom into his house. They had been waiting for the marriage feast. They thought they were part of it. But their failure to be prepared, to be ready for when the time came, meant that they were excluded. Completely and finally, the door was closed. That's where the parable ends. The hidden meaning behind Jesus' words is revealed in verse 13. Therefore, speaking to his audience, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Another translation says it like this. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Immediately before this story in the previous chapter, Jesus is talking about his return. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 and 44, we read this. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. That is the message, that is the warning of this parable. Be prepared and ready for His return. How prepared how ready are we today? The Bridesmaids represents the church, capital C. The Bridegroom is Jesus, and the wedding or feast is the return of Jesus and the marriage supper of the Lamb, which John writes about in the book of Revelation. The devastating blow of this parable, the unexpected, is that some who think they are going to be part of the supper, part of God's kingdom for all eternity, are not going to be invited in. The door is going to be closed on them, finally, completely, eternally. I don't know about you, but I find that particularly sobering and confronting. One group made it, and one group didn't. One was wise. One was foolish. So what was the difference? Well, in one word, it was preparedness. One group was unprepared, and the other group was prepared. The five wise bridesmaids took the time before to prepare their lamps and take extra oil before the bridegroom came. Whereas the five foolish bridesmaids did not take the time to prepare their lamps or to take extra oil before he came. The wise realized how important it was to have extra oil. The foolish did not. So what does this mean for us today as we hear this parable? And most importantly, how do we make sure we are prepared and ready for when Jesus returns. As Jesus says to his audience, we don't know the day or hour he will return. In the Bible, there are over a hundred references to Jesus returning, his second coming. Believing that Jesus is going to return is central to our faith. That one truth should impact how we live our lives waiting and preparing for him. 
We, like the ten bridesmaids, believe Jesus is coming back for his church. Those who love him, those who follow him, those who know him. If you are sitting here today and you've made the decision to turn from sin and place your trust in Jesus, making him the Lord of your life, the good news is that you are his follower. You are his disciple. You have passed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are now a child of God, and God has written your name in the book of life. Amen. We are now on the journey like these ten bridesmaids to meet our bridegroom. We are waiting for Jesus to return. How do we wait? We prepare well. We follow the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us as his followers. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We love, we give, we serve, we sacrifice. We place Jesus at the center of all of our lives. And to quote from the parable, we sleep as well. We get on with our lives, not just spending the time looking up to heaven, waiting for him to come back. We can't be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We get on with living for God's kingdom and not the kingdom of self. We take the time to spend with God in prayer and his word with our brothers and sisters in Christ and with those who don't know Jesus yet. We look after our families. We help those in need. We visit those in prison. We invite people into our homes, into our lives. We busy ourselves with living, living in light of eternity. We live with love and we live prepared. All that to say, we don't let our love grow cold. But just as Jesus warned his original audience, the warning is for us today as well. One Bible commentator puts it like this. By no means all who read the Bible attend and even belong to a church, sing the songs of salvation, make public profession of faith, even preach in Christ's name, are going to share in the blessing of Christ's return. Some are sensible. Religion with them is not sham and pretense. They believe in being prepared by faith in the Savior and lives, and lives dedicated to Him, and therefore God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Others, though, are foolish. They have a form of piety, but deny its power. Unprepared, they travel on to meet the judge. That's pretty hard hitting. So how prepared and how ready are we for Jesus' return? Is our oil topped up in our own lives? Is our relationship with him a little low or running out? Are we relying on ourselves and what we think we have rather than living each day through the power of God's Spirit within us? I want to ask this simple but profound question. How is your relationship with God really going? If we were to sit down and have a coffee together and I was to ask you that, I wonder what you would say. Are you growing more and more into the likeness of His Son each day? Or are you struggling? Through this parable, Jesus is teaching us that a relationship with Him cannot be faked, brought, transferred, or passed down. It has to be genuine. The five foolish bridesmaids wanted some oil from the five wise ones. They didn't have enough. They weren't prepared. They thought they were, but they weren't. And when the time came for the bridegroom to return, they were out of oil 
and desperation set in. Friends, it's the same for us. We can't borrow or receive this oil from other people in our lives. We are the only ones who can make sure that our relationship with Jesus is topped up constantly. No one else can do that for us. If we're counting on anything or anyone else, then that's not being prepared for Jesus' return. Having a personal, ongoing relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is the way that we can prepare for Jesus to return for His church. A personal and ongoing relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That relationship begins with the decision to follow Jesus, which becomes a commitment, which becomes a lifestyle, which becomes a transformed life. People can look at our lives and see. So how prepared and how ready are we? Being prepared and ready for Jesus' return means having a relationship, a real, proper, and growing relationship with Him right now, each day. When He comes back, it's too late to focus on it then. There is no getting around this message. There is no softening it either. Friends, we are like the five wise bridesmaids if we live prepared and ready for Jesus' return. But we are like the five foolish bridesmaids if we live unprepared and unready, thinking that there will always be more time to get around to it. I used to live like this. I'll be ready for Jesus when I've done this, when my children have grown up, when I've arrived as a super follower of His. I'm not a super follower of his. <laughs> I'll never be a super follower of his. But the thing is, that's not how we are to live. We are to live each day like he is coming back that day. We are to keep short accounts with God and with others. We are to listen to the prompting of his Holy Spirit when we are at home, out with friends, walking, at work, playing with our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The call is to believe Jesus and to know him. Some of us Jesus followers are prepared and ready for his return. And some of us are not. My encouragement to all of us is to live each day prepared and ready for his return. For when midnight comes and we all hear the announcement that he is here, it'll be too late to prepare then. Time will be up. And that is what he is teaching us in this parable. The time to be prepared and ready is now. And the only way to do this is by knowing God and being known by Him through a personal, ongoing, and growing relationship with Him. If you haven't started that relationship with God, can I encourage you to seriously consider it today? It will be the best decision you ever make. If you have started that relationship, but you know it's not going too well, or if your spiritual oil is running out or is empty and you feel it, can I encourage you in this week ahead to spend some time topping up that oil. Get into God's presence and let Him refresh you and remind you. If your relationship with Him is ongoing and growing, let me encourage you to keep it that way. Seek His will in all you do. Trust in His leading even when it doesn't make sense. Make time with Him your number one priority. Friends, may we all be prepared and ready for Jesus' return so that when He comes, we too will hear those words, Welcome home, my son, my daughter. Come and enjoy the wedding feast with me.
what we're going to do now is have a time of response between you and God. Um, I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes and just open up your heart to God now and tell Him where you're at. If you're struggling, tell Him. If you're at a dark place, tell Him. If you're at a good place, tell Him and ask Him to continue to let you live there. But just for the next couple of minutes or so, this is time with you and God.